Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Okay. Imagine B.B. King right now holding a Telecaster. Okay. That doesn't look right, does it? <laughs> that That's like turning McDonald's purple. Class is in. Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network, campus Southeastern Louisiana University. Classes are over, and there is no one here, I Monique. know. It's so sad. There are normally 8 million people roaming this place. Oh, yeah. Now there's like a single vagrant walking in a circle around the fountain <laughs> in the middle of campus. I mean, it's two and a half miles all the way around this campus. Right. right? Mm-hmm. If you walk it, two and a half miles. Which means within that area, it appears as if it's sort of that salt flat area where they <laughs> test cars. There's no one here. Yeah, I get lonely when the students go away because I usually have, you know, two or three of them in my office every day. Right. And then it's like, come back and visit me, please. Right. I'm lonely. I, please, someone stop in and say hello. Well, <laughs> I'm here. Uh, once again, my name is Joe Burns. You are... Monique Gregoire. Monique, the king is dead. I heard. Yes. May 14th, 2015, at 89 years old, B.B. King passed away. And 89, I mean. Well, yeah, you can't complain. All I heard was, well, he suffered from diabetes. He suffered from diabetes. Well, mm-hmm. he must have taken pretty good care of himself to get to 89 exactly. years old. Oh, yeah. They say he went into hospice during the last months of his life. I don't even think he was in hospice for a year. And, well, at 89 years old, and he toured, as far as I know, I heard a, a red. Mm-hmm. online a fact that his last full year of touring which would have been about three years ago he mm-hmm. did 208 performances wow that would have meant if i have it correct or if what i read online is correct as a man of approximately 85 or 86 years old he did 208 performances well and that's why he lived to be 89 i would think so as you long know? as you have a reason to get out of bed in the morning oh, you keep living absolutely so you can say all you want well he had diabetes but he must have taken good Good care of himself to mm-hmm. get to 89 years old. B.B. King was also the last of the three kings. Albert King died in 92. Freddie King died in 76. And of course, 2015, B.B. Mm-hmm. King. Let me just list a few things for you. Rolling Stone magazine listed him at number six on their 100 greatest guitarists of all time. No, he shouldn't have been number one. I know <laughs> when somebody dies, you just want to give every single accolade to right. them. But uh, Number 17 in Gibson's top 50 guitarists of all time. Mm-hmm. To in 1956, he reportedly appeared at 342 shows in a single year, setting a record. I, under, I understand the band playing, but how does a voice keep up for that? You would think the throat would die after a while. I would have to imagine. I mean, 
He was married twice, Martha Lee Denton and also Sue Carroll Hall. Both marriages failed, and I didn't see here that it was attributed to infidelity. It was attributed to simply the heavy demands of him performing, on average, 208 to 250 performances per year. Yep, he was married to his music. Exactly. Fifteen children, over 50 grandchildren. What? Gosh, well done, B.B. Christmas? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, He got the National Medal of Arts by President George H.W. Bush Mm -hmm. and in 2006 received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President George W. Bush. So you could continue giving all the accolades that the man had. I'm sure when he walked out of his front door in the morning when he was home, somebody Uh threw an award at him. (laughs) Let me play a song by B.B. King. We'll come back and I'll start telling you his life, where he came from and some of his influences and we'll play music from those people. Here is Sweet Little Angel B.B. King. All right, coming out of Sweet Little Angel, it's B.B. King here in Rock School. Passed away May 14th, 2015. Here's the background of him. When you okay. when you have such a talent like that, so many people are, well, you're born with it. I don't doubt there's something to that. Right. I don't doubt, like, again, I believe music is hormonal. Mm-hmm. I think there are people that just have the makeup. Music hits them differently than other people. And those people thus have the more, thus have the affinity for an instrument. Okay, fine. And no, I don't think it's like, well, I'm a Libra, thus. (laughs) I don't think that. But I think part of this guy is because he had an affinity for it. But part of it is also because of where he was born, how he was brought up, and the people that he met. Mm -hmm. So who are those people? Well, his name isn't B.B. His name is Riley. Riley B. King was born September 16th, 1925. And by the way, that's one day after I was born. And I hate to admit this, but I will. I used to lie and tell people I was born on the same day as B.B. King, or (laughs) I would lie and say B.B. King was born on my birthday. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. He was born on a cotton plantation near the town of Itabina, Mississippi, by the way, supposedly where Robert Johnson was poisoned. Ah. Mm -hmm. Parents were sharecroppers. Now... It gets a little fuzzy what happened there, what happened here. Supposedly, he was taken away um, by his mother and another man uh, at the age of four and headed over to the Elkhorn Baptist Church in a place called Killmichael. And that's where he was first introduced to music. Where did he get his first guitar? Mm -hmm. This is also a fuzzy story. Okay. It seems that his mother purchased him his first guitar for $15, although his mother says that's not true. His mother states that the first guitar was given to him by a guy named Booker White. By the way, if you want to look up Booker White, there's a lot of recordings of him, and I'm going to play one here in Mm -hmm. just a minute. Booker, even though it's pronounced booker booker actually Uh it's spelled b-u-k-k-a it's a phonetic spelling Ah. of the way he used to say it he had a mississippi drawl thus booker came out booker yeah b-u-k-k-a in 1946 king bb king Mm -hmm. follows booker white to memphis tennessee and will live with him for the next 10 months 
I assume learning the trade, learning the instrument, right. learning what to do, because Booker White was a Mississippi Delta blues man. Right. So here we've got the first impact of music going against the guy. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, we know what B.B. King sounds like. What does Booker White sound like? Right. Here you go. Here's Fixin' to Die Blues. This is Booker White here on Rock School. I'm looking fun in my eyes now. Leave on fixing to die. Leave on fixing to die. I'm looking funny in my eyes. Leave on fixing to die. But take my chillin' by. Oh, they let me down. And old neighbors, them screaming, crying, and all they graveyard ground. All right, coming out of Book of Whites, Fiction to Die Blues, this next little section, I'm going to cover a lot of history quite fast. Okay. So, and, and it has to deal with him in his radio career. He was a disc jockey. Oh, okay. okay. I haven't done that. I want to cover that and get him up to the point where he starts playing electric guitar. Okay. Okay, here we go. King leaves Booker White in West Memphis, Mm -hmm. okay? Splits for home for two years. Why? Depends on what you read. Mm -hmm. Some said he had to work. Some said he wanted to go home and practice, which seems kind of dumb to me. Right. Why would you do that? Why not just stay in Memphis and gig? Mm -hmm. That seems more intelligent to me, but, you know, I don't know from nothing. Two years later, returns back up to West Memphis, Arkansas. Memphis is a big city. Okay. You know, falls over into Arkansas a little bit. On the radio station KWEM in West Memphis was another blues player by the name of Sonny Boy Williamson. Mm -hmm. And he, Williamson, invites B.B. King on to his radio show. Okay. He starts to gain a following. People say, hey, I like this King guy. Mm -hmm. That turns into a gig at a place called the 16th Avenue Grill in West Memphis. So now he's both on the radio as a guest Uh and he's playing at this 16th Avenue Grill. Oh, fun. This catches the attention of Memphis radio station WDIA. Mm -hmm. If you know anything about the history of radio, WDIA sort of has this, I don't know, golden touch. Their slogan Mm -hmm. was, you know, WDIA, making black waves. Hmm. Why? Because they were one of the few completely African-American owned and operated radio stations. Really? They just happened to be out of Memphis. Mm -hmm. The... Early AM jocks, many of them were these scream jocks. They were the guys that would speak a little too fast, uh-huh. bang on books, you know, swing a cowbell, do rhyming phrases and all of that. Okay. Many jocks, including me, believe that all started at WDIA. Huh. So DIA needed huge personality people. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't just put some time and temp guy on the air. Right. B.B. King seemed to fit this format. So they gave him a little 10-minute spot on the radio station. Again, he was popular. Mm -hmm. That expanded out into something called the Sepia Swing Club. So he's playing a gig over at the 16th Avenue Grill, regular gig, and he's on WDIA, which for a musician, this is golden. Oh, yeah. This is as big as you can get in Memphis. Uh Plus, during the mornings, while he was awake during the day, he would go out on the streets and he'd cut heads for dimes. Cut heads. What, he would stand that? on a street corner and just play oh, okay. uh, against other musicians and, you know, give me some some money. That's Just fun. making pocket change. While he was working at WDIA as a disc jockey, mm-hmm. he took on the nickname the Beale Street Blues Boy, which okay. was then shortened to 
Blues Boy, mm-hmm. which was then shortened to, go ahead, do it. B.B. King. B.B. And became B.B. King, yeah. Huh. He also met a guy named T-Bone Walker. Okay, I've heard of him. And according to B.B. King, mm-hmm. once I, this is a quote, once I heard him for the first time, I knew I had to have an electric guitar myself, had to have one, short of stealing it. Wow. So there is your second. I'm sure there were many influences. Right, but, but that was the... According to B.B. King, this is the guy. Okay, what does T-Bone Walker sound like? Here you go. I'm on Rock School. Not a T-Bone Walker. It's time to play some BB King music. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, I played two songs that aren't BB King. But I wanted you to hear who he loved. That way you yeah. could listen to them and say, okay, that's it. See, when I listen now to T-Bone Walker, I can go, okay, see, I can hear BB King more. in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got to get out of this break because it's time for BB King to begin recording. Mm-hmm. And I've got two songs I want to get to before the bottom of the hour. So more on BB King in a minute. WMCE Erie, Pennsylvania. Thanks for running the radio show. KSCL in Shreveport, Louisiana. Would you like to hear BB King's first two big songs? Back in a minute with them. Back in a minute on Rock School. Coming out of the break, I want to get two songs before the bottom of the hour. Now, King is in Memphis, right? Right. His first recordings came out of Nashville, however. Really? He started recording for the Bullet Record Transcription Company, or just Bullet Records. Mm -hmm. His first single, which did basically nothing on the charts, was called Miss Martha King. That has to, you know, that's got to break your hump. I got to tell you. You know, I know when you look back at it now, oh, well, who cares? Right. But you got to know in 1949 when that record came out, he's this big name in Memphis. You got to know he went, oh, no. Right. Oh, no. Fun fact, Miss Martha King, the record, and mm-hmm. a few that followed were produced by Sam Phillips. He went on to start a little record company called uh, Sun. <laughs> you may have heard of it. Uh-huh. It's Miss Martha King. This is the first time... We put on record, B.B. King, sound like this on Rock School.
There's Miss Martha King. First time they put B.B. King on record. Didn't do anything. Now, he apparently wasn't deterred. Neither were the people that wanted to record him. Oh, good. So, obviously, more recordings. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until February 1952 that he, B.B. King, had a number one hit on the Rhythm and Blues charts. It was called Three O'Clock Blues. Mm-hmm. Here's some fun stuff. His first real band was called the B.B. King Review. Mm -hmm. Here's a hard thing to get across to people who don't play guitar. He would have to rely almost totally on improvisation and leads because he was lousy at playing chords. He would say this, I mean, to the end of his playing. Mm -hmm. I can't play chords very well. So he would always employ a rhythm guitarist to be with him. And if you watch him Ah. in concert, B.B. King almost never played chords when you saw him live he sang and then when it came time to play the lead bb king would play the lead he was a horrible chord player and what's great is he recognized that right and decided okay this is all i can do and i can do these two that old statement he's a one-trick pony right he turns that trick with pride Mm -hmm. he understood right off the bat this is what i do well and rather than forcing myself Uh to do something else mediocre. This is what I do. Right. And that's what he did. He was smart enough to hire a rhythm guitarist and say to the guy, look, I'm your lead guy. <laughs> and that's all there is to it. You You're are backing. Right. You are backing me up. And mm-hmm. what's funny is it's normally the other way around. Mm-hmm. Guitarists are normally chord monsters and the <laughs> leads are the hard thing. Right. This guy was a lead monster and he couldn't play chords. That's crazy. I don't even understand that as a guitarist. <laughs> that doesn't compute in my brain. <laughs> anyway, Three O'Clock Blues goes to number one on the Rhythm Blues chart in February of 1952. And here's another fun thing. And again, you might go, eh, so what? Mm-hmm. To a guitarist. You know how B.B. King is always holding that big, fat, black guitar yeah. named Lucille? We're going to talk about Lucille in a little uh-huh. bit. He didn't start playing Lucille-style guitars until a little bit later. More than likely, and nobody's really sure, uh-huh. but more than likely, this song was recorded on a Telecaster. Okay. Imagine B.B. King right now holding a Telecaster. Okay. That doesn't look right, does it? <laughs> that That's like turning McDonald's purple. That's like <laughs> picking up a Mountain Dew and the can is orange. That's not right. Here you go. Here's 3 O'Clock Blues here in Rock School. First number one, at least on the R&B charts, he has other number ones. In fact, he's had number ones in other countries. Really? If you want to see a list of songs, and I hate to say this, you know, Wikipedia, but go to Wikipedia. Go to the discography of B.B. King and you'll see them. It it lists it for you nice and and quick. Yeah. And all the countries. The man put out music like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous! the number of singles that he would pop off. Hmm. Now, he didn't write many of them. Uh, A lot of them were blues standards and such. But still, you have to go in the studio. You have to perform them. You have to have it pressed and mastered and on. Gosh golly. It's time for the bottom of the hour, which means seven days, 70 seconds. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Monique Gregoire. These are the rock and roll dates, May 18th through May 24th. Let's find out what happened on that Monday. Go. 
May 18, 1974, Ray Stevens started a three-week run at number one on the U.S. Singles Chart with the novelty song, The Street. I remember that was so huge. <laughs> May 19, 1980, Ringo Starr and his future wife were involved in a car crash less than half a mile from where Mark Bolin was killed. May 20th, 1998, Tommy Lee from Motley Crue was sentenced to six months jail after being found guilty of spousal abuse. May 21, 1979, Elton John begins a tour of Russia when he plays the first of eight concerts, making him the first Western star to do so. May 22nd, 1958, Jerry Lee Lewis arrived at London's Heathrow Airport to begin his first British tour along with his new bride, 14-year-old third cousin, Myra. Although advised not to mention it, Lewis answered all questions about his private life. The public shock over Lewis's marriages marks the start of a controversy leading to his British tour being canceled after just three of the scheduled 37 performances. Yeah, and it followed him back to the United States. Oh, yeah. May 23, 2010, the Rolling Stones scored their first UK number one album for 16 years with the re-release of their classic 72 double LP, Exile on Main Street. And then uh, May 24, 1997, Hanson starts a three-week run at number one with Mbop. And the world was never the same. <laughs> okay, we talked about Lucille. Mm-hmm. Where did the name Lucille for the guitar come from? Right. Okay. As you probably surmised, playing 208 to 250 shows a year, uh-huh. King would play anywhere, anytime. Right. If the check cleared or there was cash on the barrel, set it up, let's go. <laughs> During a show in Twist, Arkansas, mm-hmm. a brawl breaks out between two men that caused a fire. See, what they would do sometimes in these old places is mm-hmm. they would take a five-gallon drum, they would pour about a quarter up with uh-huh. kerosene and light it, okay, which would produce heat. So okay. it was a cold night. Well, these two idiots who started fighting knocked over the kerosene. Ah. This is a wooden building, and up the thing goes. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody got out. According to what I read, everybody got out. According to King himself, he runs back inside to retrieve his guitar, which, according to him, was a $30 Gibson. (laughs) Really? $30? I know what someone's going to say. Oh, $30 was a lot of money back then. Probably not. Mm -hmm. It was probably some mid-level instrument. Mm -hmm. Runs back in to get it. According to to him again, B.B. King, he came real close to being caught for good in Hmm. that fire. Now, a lot of people make the story into he heard the two men during the fire fighting over a woman named Lucille. Okay. That's not the way the story goes. King himself states that it was the next day that he learned the two men were fighting over a woman named Lucille. Uh And what he did was begin naming his guitars Lucille Uh in order to remind himself, don't do, and these are his words, I'm paraphrasing, don't do stupid things (laughs) like fight over a woman Uh and run back into burning buildings to go after a $30 (laughs) guitar. So here is Lucille, it's B.B. King on Rockstar. Yes, baby. There's a lot I've been wanting to talk to you about. You've been real good to me, you know. A lot of things I should have said, but I'm going to say them now. Of all the women that I've been with, there's never been one quite like you. And though I must admit that you seemed all right.
Okay, coming into the second break, we talked about Lucille, where the name came from. Uh-huh. What is Lucille? Yeah, uh, no, it's a Gibson. It is. That, that. that iconic big black guitar that he mm-hmm. plays. How can you buy a Lucille? Go online and buy a Lucille. Really? Yeah. Uh, Gibson in 1980 uh-huh. put out the BB King Lucille model. So it's called the Lucille. It's called the Lucille. Huh. And up at the headstock, it says Lucille. Aww. Spell Lucille, L-U-C-I-L-L-E. Mm-hmm. It is the Gibson ES355 TD SV. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know what all that means? Sure. All right. <laughs> Gibson ES. ES stands for electric Spanish. Mm-hmm. 355. Gibson has three models in this general body shape. 335, 345, 355. They're catalog numbers. What's the difference between them? Money. Oh, yeah. Stuff Options. and money. Options, stuff, that kind of thing. Okay. He, BB King, plays top of the line. He plays the 355. The difference between his Lucille and the regular 355s, uh-huh. the regular 355 has an F hole in it. Like a violin. Okay. It's got a hole that kind of is in the shape of a tall F. Okay. That F makes stands sense. for forte. Forte means loud. Oh, okay. There's no F hole in the oh. top of a BB King Lucille. Why? Mm-hmm. Minimize feedback. Oh, okay. That's the general purpose of it. Okay. How much will it set me back? I went online, looked at a couple sites between mm-hmm. $37.99 and $4,199. Okay. To step up from the $30 guitar. Exactly. If you want the low-cost model, mm-hmm. a company called Epiphone makes one for $699. Okay. Not bad. Mm-hmm. In 2005, for his 80th birthday, Gibson made a special run of just wildly outfitted mm-hmm. 80 Gibson Lucilles. Oh, that's cool. Okay. He, B.B. King, played one of these mm-hmm. until somebody stole it. Ah. Ah, ah but yet... <laughs> A guy named Eric Dahl uh-huh. unknowingly purchased the stolen instrument from a pawn shop in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. Somehow, Gibson found out about it. Okay. They made a connection, and the guitar got back to B.B. King. Oh, that's awesome. Neato. Good for him. Okay. Hey there, WBSD, Burlington, Wisconsin. Thanks for running the radio show. KSRQ in Thief River Falls, Minnesota. Thanks, okay. guys. Back with the first time B.B. King cracks the top 40 on the Billboard chart here on Rock School. All right, coming out of the break, B.B. King has this phenomenal run of music through the 1950s. Mm-hmm. If you look, he released between four and six singles every year, mm-hmm. most of them charting, hmm. but all of them on the R&B chart. Okay, but okay. what was the first one? It would take to 1964 for him to crack the top 40. Really? He did it with the title single from the album, Rock Me Baby, obviously, Rock Me Baby. Okay. Hits the top 10 on the R&B chart and number 34... On the Hot 100. Now, he recorded it, okay. but he didn't write it. Ah. It was first recorded, and again, who wrote it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of a blues standard, which is based on a song called Rockin' and Rollin', which was first recorded by Little Son Jackson, okay. but he probably didn't write it. It's one of these songs that the whole world right. has done here and there. Yep. So 
I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know who's even listed as the author <laughs> on the thing. But for him, at least this recording, uh-huh. it goes into the top 40, and it sounds like this here in Rock School. talked about 1964 being the first time that he cracks the top 40. Mm -hmm. It was in 1969 that he opens for the Rolling Stones and is on their entire tour. In 1970, he wins a Grammy for the song The Thrill Is Gone. Oh, yeah, that's the one I know. most everybody knows. Yeah. I want to play a song, though, where he sings with another band. Apparently, the story goes, and this is from uh, songfacts.com, King had always been a big influence on U2. Well, in 87, King played a show in Dublin and found out that U2 would be in the audience. Well, they had just Uh released one of their biggest albums, The Joshua Tree, so King is nervous as anything. They come to see him after the show, and they're just gushing all over him. Oh, you are so wonderful and all that. Right. And he says, hey, the next time you're writing a song, you know, just just think of me, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure is code for... Come on, exactly. Come fellas. On <laughs> well, they, the uh, you know the guys in U2, uh-huh. record an album called Rattle and Hum in Memphis. Guess who's from Memphis? Right. Right. So they bring him in, and the song When Love Comes to Town comes out of it. It becomes King's biggest hit in the UK and goes to number really? one in Ireland. Huh. You bet. It sounds like this. When Love Comes to Town, Stevie King, here on Rock School. flat out out of time Uh, i'm not going to get to play riding with the king please go listen to it from what i got from songfacts.com it may have come from the fact that the two of them played together in the blues brothers 2000 uh, movie i wanted to forget that existed something good came out of it at least (laughs) also maybe the fact that the the 1997 deuces wild album you know that sort of duet album for Mm -hmm. clapton maybe it came out of that but go take a listen to that you know we had eight B.B. King's Blues Clubs. Really? Eight. I've been to the one in Beale Street in Memphis. Cool. I've been to Memphis three or four times, Mm -hmm. but I've I've been to that one, but none of the other ones. He made a bunch of cash also because he was the spokesperson for years and years and years for One Touch Ultra, which was the thing that helped you test your diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. Made a ton of cash for that. Just to tell you how much he actually toured, in 2013, he played at the New Orleans Jazz Festival Mm -hmm. and was still touring... 
in 2014. That's when he stopped. It says here he had to stop his live performance at the House of Blues on October 3rd, 2014. That was his last his last play. Wow. That's how close to the end right. he performed. Something else. So, the king is dead. But yep. what a life. Exactly. 89 years old and pretty much almost right up to the end mm-hmm. was it. able to play and left a legacy. So we'll finish with his signature song. A few things I didn't get to tell you about, but hopefully gave you a little bit of background so you can talk to your friends about the man and the Lucille guitar. And if you got four grand lying around, pick yourself up a Lucille guitar. I've never played one, <laughs> but I'm, I've played an ES-335. Uh-huh. So I'm guessing they play just about the same. So <laughs> the thrill is gone and the king is dead. I'm Joe Burns. Monique Gregoire. That's it. Class is dismissed. Classes dismissed.